T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. A.R. Adam Roberts with you this afternoon. Toby Altizer is your host for Sparky's Midday Madness. He just had to step out of the Lakeland University studios for just a brief moment. I can tell you right now, we're following along with everything going on at American Family Field this afternoon. Right now, it is three all rough inning for Corbin Burns in the top of the second. Gave up three runs, including a home run. And, uh, yeah. Not exactly what we were hoping for from Burnsy. We had the bullpen day yesterday with Small out there, and we obviously didn't want the short pitcher situation, but if that is another inning like this for Burns, it could be a pretty quick day for him. Uh, but the Brewers doing their best to keep things uh, going along on their offensive end. Great top of the first. Yelly getting on base, Adamas hitting against the shift, and then Rowdy ringing the bell with his three-run home run. So we'll keep an eye on that Brewers contest as we roll along here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented again by the Milwaukee Admirals. Don't forget to check out milwaukeeadmirals.com where you can check out their schedule coming up for the 2022-23 season. I said yesterday I'm looking forward December 17th. They'll be taking on the Toronto Marlies, the Maple Leafs AHL affiliate. So I'll be checking that out when they come to Panther Arena on the 17th. Other stories you can check out as well at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. We also unearthed some pretty good sound from training camp today, not just GM Brian Gutekunst and head coach Matt LaFleur. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers speaking at his locker after things wrapped up at practice today. Practice number one for the Green Bay Packers. We've also got some David Bakhtiari sound we will play for you as well. And here, stepping back in, leaping, as Leroy might say, into the Lakeland University studios is your primary host with the most, Toby Altizer. 
Yeah, it is Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Apologies for having to step out there for a quick second. But the Brewers are underway at American Family Field. A little bit of a struggle for them thus far in the game, at least for Corbin Burns. It is a still tightly contested one. Trying to see, did Tyrone Taylor just go yard? That was foul, wasn't it? Barely. Just barely foul. Tyrone Taylor missed one here in the bottom of the second, looking to drive in a run here for the crew. But do want to hear from some of the Packers up in Green Bay. They had some, you know, their first training camp practice today. Reporters back in the locker rooms, which is such a good thing, Adam. It's really good to have the reporters able to get back into the locker rooms to talk with these guys, to be able to learn some more about them. And that's something that we missed, you know, going through COVID and the pandemic is some of the access that these people had. And you really miss that because when you have the access, you get to hear from guys. You get to get a little more personal with them. You get to get to know them and see the interaction in the locker room. And that's important when you're reporting. Not to mention, we get the juicy cuts that I was talking about while you were stepping out of the studio. And uh, we got some good ones, one in particular from Rogers that will play in just a little bit. Uh, very topical, I would note, from Mr. Con Aaron Rogers. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's good to just see all this happen, but it's very good to have the Packers back at training camp. Do you want to hop in on the conversation? 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. It's good to finally have football officially back. You know, you're seeing all these other teams at practices, and you're seeing all the different things, and we're overreacting to plays at training camp again, and people are tweeting out various plays that are being made. Those are the kind of things that you miss. Those are the things that you really miss seeing and now you get to see it again because the Packers are back at training camps today their first practice so we'll make sure to continue to talk about that but also this Brewers team Ethan Small yesterday I think we expected a lot more out of him you know you expected to see something positive you expected to see him give you I don't know some hope going forward for him, and he just didn't do it. It's unfortunate that he struggled again. He ends up back in AAA as they send him down, bring up Peter Strzelecki from AAA to give them another arm, and they just need arms at this point. When you have this stretch here where you go 13 innings one game, you've had some shorter starts from your starters, you need some length out of your guys, and Ethan Small just didn't give you that last night. He was struggling, gives up the homer early, struggle with some command, and whenever he did give up contact, it seemed like incredibly hard contact. So you need something out of him, and I don't know that he's going to do much the rest of this year. I don't think you're going to you know, have him come back and pitch again this season unless you absolutely need him to. But it was a disappointing start from Small. You definitely expected a lot more out of him, and he just didn't live up to it. And hopefully going forward, when you have him in the minors, he can continue to work on these things and he can figure it out. He needs that third pitch. You know, David Stearns was in the booth last night talking with the guys and he needs that third pitch. You know, he's working on it, but he's going to need that to be an effective starter at the major league level. A reliever, someone to come in, you can work with two pitches. But someone that's going to be expected to go out there every fifth day and give you some length, that's not going to work, especially just fastball changeup. You know, if you're working fastball, slider, 
and then you maybe can throw in a changeup every now and then, then I think maybe you could make it work. Patrick Corbin, when he was at his best, he was only working really as a two-pitch pitcher as a fastball and a slider from the left side. And it worked for him. He was able to be one of the better pitchers and eventually got things going to the point that he was one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball and the sought-after arm on the Major League market. That's just not the case with Ethan Small. Fastball, changeup, and the changeup is good, and the fastball has a little bit of ride to it, but it's just it's not going to be able to cut it at the Major League level, and so hopefully he can get things figured out there. You want to hop in on the conversation, again, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250am. The fan, we just talked to this guy a couple of minutes ago on the big show, but it is a new show, so if you want to hop in, you're more than welcome once again. Trav is in Brown Deer. Trav, what's going on, man? How's it going, Toby? Good. How you doing, Trav? So, uh, once again, you know, at work, you know, when I seen the Con Air thing, it was like, wow, he, he didn't look in good shape, you know, when, when they had their things and he was in Hawaii. So, I asked four people, you know, three other people, including myself, three people said he looked out of shape, you know, the, the belly and uh, looked old. It's not like he was in Hawaii, you know, when they were having their problems. You could, and there was only one person that said he looked fit, and I, I didn't see it, so. I don't know that I would say he looked out of shape. I mean, he's going to. Well, 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 I'm probably out of shape, but I'm like a lot <laughs> of years older than him. But uh, I mean, you look at him from the upper I'm half. I the, the uh, AR and... Uh, you know, I don't get into TikTok and all, you know. <laughs> I just talked to you guys, but I'm in better shape. Yeah. So, so, Toby, I told him if he's in better shape, he needs to send a picture of himself to you or myself in the Con Air getup so that we can have physical proof. Yeah, that's true. And uh, do you have the flow like Aaron Rodgers? No, not the hair. Yeah, the hair. You got the hair like no, Aaron Rodgers? No, no, no. Too hot. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you Too on that. Too hot I for TV, baby. Trav, appreciate the phone call, man. All right, love you guys. Bye. Love, love you, too. you, too. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in. I don't think he looks out of shape. No. I mean, he's just a buff dude on the upper half of his body, and not everyone's going to have a six-pack, and he doesn't need to have a six-pack. He's playing quarterback. It's not about always being the most ripped dude either. He's just... I mean, look at Tom Brady. He looks just fine. 20 years ago, I yeah. should say. Before he went TB12 in the freezing chamber and all that stuff he did. Going over, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but his physical daily routine, I know it's been talked Tom? about a lot. Yeah, Tom, absolutely insane. How do you find time to just, like, breathe? <laughs> I don't know. Won't I, catch I really, me doing TB12. I, I, yeah, you're never going to catch me going on a diet that requires me to eat ice cream made out of avocados. That's not ice cream. That's guacamole. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm not doing that. All right, we'll continue talking about Packers training camp. The Brewers are underway at American Family Field, top of the third inning, 3-3. Three to three. We'll keep you updated on that as well. It's Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The Fan. This shift like from that passer to Derek Carr and then, you know, just your acclimation to. I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, you go, you know, Stabler to, to Rich Gannon or whoever you go to, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. And, you know, both are, are great players and, and great to be around. So I'm just enjoying that process and, and getting better myself, you know, trying to do as much as I can to, to help these guys go out there and win as many games as we can. 
So you hear from Devonte over the weekend saying from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. I don't know about that. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts here on Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The fan. And the reason that I play this, this clip. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From... Aaron Rodgers today, Matt Schneidman had this on Twitter. It's what Aaron had to, to had to say today after the first practice for the Packers. I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. But he's capable of a lot. And the way things have gone with the reps and the guys that we've had here and the targets that we've uh, we've you know doled out, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. But he, you know, he's since his first day here, he's he's turned heads, and so it's not surprising him to go out and have a really consistent day today. But he's been working hard. Uh, he has a lot to prove, I think, uh, to himself and other people, maybe to the team uh, as well. So I like a hungry Alan Lazard. Aaron Rodgers is incredibly petty. I kind of like the pettiness. I do. I don't mind it. But he is incredibly petty to bring that back up and to do it in that sort of fashion, especially on the first day of training camp to keep that going. It's a little bit petty, a little fun jab. I'm sure there's not a whole lot to it, but that sort of stuff is fun. I love when Aaron Rodgers brings that sort of stuff out. And those are the kind of things that motivate a guy like Aaron Rodgers, too. And hopefully, that sort of comment can motivate Alan Lazard to continue doing what he's doing and improve because this 
receiving core is going to need someone to really, really step up. And honestly, the guy that probably is going to be in the most prime position to do so is going to be Alan Lazard. He's going to have every opportunity to be a number one wide receiver in this league because really out of all the guys that are in camp, he's the only one that is going to be familiar with this offense, plays on the outside, and has had the opportunity to play with Aaron Rodgers for an extensive amount of time because Sammy Watkins can come in and I think he could contribute a little bit, but I don't see him being a number one type guy. I don't see Randall Cobb being that guy at this point, and he's a slot guy to begin with, so that's a little bit different. So really the guy that's going to have the biggest opportunity to try and take control of that number one spot is Alan Lazard, and hopefully he can step into that spot. Not to mention, and I know Sammy will, it, by all accounts from GM Brian Gunekunst today, he made it sound like Watkins will not be on the pup list for very long, but at least at the moment... Lazard's the only healthy leader in that wide receiver group right now. Yeah. Now, today it did look like as we as I scoured through all the play-by-play tweets from Packer reporters, it looked like Romeo Dobbs had a pretty good first day at training camp. It looked like um it sounded at least like he was catching darts from Jordan and uh, was running very good route running all day today. Well, let's not overreact. It's the first day of training camp. Let's not do this. Well, what else are we supposed to do? I'm 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 teasing. I'm teasing. 414-799-1250. I do want to hear some comments from David Bakhtiari. Maybe you guys are a little bit worried about him going into the season. And I am too, honestly, at this point. I don't know what to expect. Gudikin said he's cautiously optimistic. Do want to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up in just a little bit as well. But I don't know. There's a lot of question marks with David Bakhtiari. We'll hear some of his comments coming up next here. But first, let's bring in our guy, Notebook Mike. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey guys, how you doing, Mike? I'm good. Coming down from the bad weekend, but uh, hey, if you know what's going on with Bakhtiari, can I get those Powerball numbers? <laughs> I, I think wish, you're thinking Mega Millions. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I wish we knew what was going on with Bakhtiari, but I at this point, like Bar- we're getting JJ Watt. Packers are winning that Super Bowl. He's only hit on one thing: the Bucks. But uh, Trav. I love you like a brother from another mother. Let's see a picture of you in a white beater. I don't know if we can call it that on the radio. It's 2022, Mike. Yeah, I don't think we can call it that on the radio. Let's call it a tank top. Oh, you can't say the W. Yeah, let's call it a a tank top. You're good. You're good. But uh, so I'm listening to Bart, and they're all over uh, Roger saying he's he's cut he's tight he's gonna be flinging linebackers five yards down the road (laughs) we'll find out yeah i'm excited to see what this this season can turn out to be for the packers comment yeah because i gotta get a nap in uh excuse me uh ethan small yeah didn't you say he ain't gonna make it what do you mean not gonna make it i thought i heard that well, I mean, got two pitches. he does only have two pitches right now. Well, he can still make it. They're going to send him down. Yeah, I mean, they sent him down to AAA, and he's going to yeah, work on things. I'm not saying already, right? I'm not saying that he can't make it. I'm just saying right now, as things stand, yeah, right now, he, he's going right. to have to add another pitch to really be successful. You ask any starter, you want to have at least three pitches. You got to think about back Correct, to yeah. you think back to Freddie. 
And Freddie Peralta, when he first came up, really only had one pitch with the fastball. And then he was working on that slider and curveball, and he really yeah, didn't have much there. Yeah, and so now you see him be a little more successful because he's added in more pitches. You have to have at least three if you're going to be a successful starter in this league for a while, and I think for Ethan Small, he'll get that. What is that? How many pitches does Hader have? Hader. Well, he's a reliever. I'm talking about a starter. How many pitches? Hader really has – he has three, but he generally only throws two. Yeah. And one that he's really known for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, if they, if need be, it could be he's a bullpen arm. I don't see that being a the type of role for him, but at some point he's going to need to get things figured out, and hopefully it's soon so that he can be with the Brewers next season. Well, when they go to the playoffs, how many players can they bring in? Um, I think it's 26, but he's not going to be on the roster because, if anything, they're already going to have – five or six starting pitchers, and some of those guys are going to be in the pen anyway. Yeah. So, And they've got enough lefties, so it's probably not going to happen. Mike, appreciate the phone call, man. Right. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in on the conversation. I want to hear from David Bakhtiari because, again, Brian Gudekinst was asked earlier today what his thoughts were on Bakhtiari and if he thought he would play again and how he felt about him, and he said cautiously optimistic. And I'm sorry, that just doesn't give me a whole lot of optimism that you're going to say cautiously optimistic about a guy that's now been removed from playing left tackle for the Packers for well over a year and a half for an ACL injury that's, you know, that's fairly basic nowadays, something that the Packers are going to have a couple guys coming back from this season, hopefully right at the regular time frame, 9 to 12 months, in Elton Jenkins and Robert Tunyon. And those guys will probably get back out on the field, and honestly, they might get back out on the field before Bakhtiari. So it is a little bit worrisome that we're still dealing with this at this point, but here's a little bit from David Bakhtiari in the Packers locker room after their first practice today. Concern level, low. Really like where I'm at, especially compared to where I was just overall last year. Uh, I think he kind of hit it on the head. No expectations. Taking it every day at a time. Like where I'm at. And uh, excited to play again. It's got to be frustrating for him, too, because you know, we were talking about this a little bit on the big show. When you work hard like he has to get back from injury, and there's no question in my mind that he has worked his tail off to get back to where he's at. And then you get back out on the field and only play 25 to 30 snaps. And then you don't get to play again. Who knows? And uh, who knows when he plays again, but he gets on the field for basically a half against Detroit. And that's it. Like you worked all that time to finally get back. You tear it new year's Eve you get that surgery done, should be nine months, so you're thinking, all right, September, October, at worst, we're thinking November, December time frame, and he gets back out on the field, and then now he's still dealing with this. He's back on the pup list going into training camp, and part of the reason you do that is he can't go on the pup to begin the season unless he starts training camp on the pup list, but the fact that he's not able to get out on the practice field has got to be discouraging for him. I think you hear in his voice that 
it's probably a little bit of frustration about having to be asked about this still because he's still dealing with it. And like, I'm sort of confident in it. I don't know what I, what else is he supposed to do? And it, at some point you wonder, when does he get back on the field? Will he get back on the field? And Ryan Wood, I believe, asked him, asked Brian Gudekinst if he thinks he will ever play football again. He said, oh yeah, no doubt. There's no question at all that he'll get back out on the football field. But for David Bakhtiari, I think it's got to be frustrating as a person thinking, I just put in all this work to get back, and now I'm dealing with this same thing over and over again. And to have another procedure done on that knee, hopefully they can figure this out. Hopefully they can. But I don't know how confident you feel in it. I know I'm not incredibly confident that he's ever really going to be an impact player for the Packers again, which is a huge blow. Because when you have David Bakhtiari at left tackle, and he's playing full-time, and he's playing at his best, you don't have to worry about that side at all. You don't have to give help. You don't have to do anything. doesn't matter who's over there. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, JJ Watt. doesn't matter who's over there. David Bakhtiari can handle his own over there. I'm totally fine putting Yash Nijman over there. I really think that he should have been playing in the playoff game. I'm not sure why they did what they did in that playoff game, but either way, you throw Nijman over there, He's solid, and Aaron Rodgers last year said he didn't have to think about it a whole lot when he was over there, but let's be honest, too. You put him up against a guy like a Miles Garrett or someone like that off of the edge, you're not trusting him one-on-one. Bakhtiari, you could trust over there. Nijman, you can't trust against those sort of guys. So I'm fine with him as a fill-in, but if that's what you're going to have to go with at your left tackle position, that also brings in a question mark about your right tackle position because if Nijman's not playing on the right side, which I'd assume is where he'll end up if Jenkins or Bakhtiari comes back and is able to play that left tackle position, right tackle's a big question mark too right now. Up the middle is going to be fine. You have Runyon at left guard. You have Newman at right guard. Myers at center. That should be fine. But I saw also today that they were trying out Newman at right tackle a little bit. Maybe that's going to be some of the answer. And, you know, you've got guys that can probably fill in at guard. All these guys that you drafted this season, whether it's Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, those guys are probably going to be more so on the interior anyway. So maybe you could fill one of those guys in right away at right guard, a Sean Ryan-like guy, and throw him in right at right guard. And if you can move Newman out there, maybe that gives you a little bit of flexibility. But either way, are you feeling incredibly confident with that line? I don't know that I am. But if there's anything that gives me confidence, it's that Adam Senovich is still in town. Because last year, what he did with that offensive line, to, to be able to work that unit the way that he did and keep them playing at such a high level despite the injuries was absolutely incredible. And I, I think he can do it again this season. But either way, at some point, you have to have the studs on the offensive line that you expect to have and to have those guys playing at the level that you expect them to play. And then you don't have to worry about them no matter what. If you lose a David Bakhtiari, if you are playing without a Elton Jenkins, your offensive line is just not going to be as good as it possibly can be. Not to mention this kind of indicates to me, and we knew going into the season that at least the plan of attack was to incorporate A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones more so into this offense. Jones on the outside possibly catching passes, but also running right up the A and B gaps. With this situation 
and the uncertainty on the outside of the offensive line. And let's not forget also that tight end is not exactly locked down mm-hmm. either, either from a catching or blocking perspective. Maybe now we do see Lafleur's offense kind of start to blossom a little bit more with more of those run-first options. And that, furthermore, is a big reason why the health and safety of AJ and Aaron is of the utmost importance. I think this preseason, get them their reps, but you cannot afford for them to get an early injury because you lose that facet of your offense and you're relying on protection for Aaron now. And this wide receiver core, which is certainly a little below what we've seen the last few years, you're going to be in for a bad time if you can't fully run this offense. Yeah, that's a really good point. You're going to need health out of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think the guys behind them are solid, but they're not those guys. You know, I think that Kylan Hill, when he gets back healthy, can step in and be a big part of this offense and be a solid playmaker. I think similar thing for Patrick Taylor, but they're not Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So either of those guys go down. I mean, you saw what happened last year in the playoffs. A.J. Dillon goes down, and it really changed that game plan for the Packers. And I still think that if the Packers would have had A.J. Dillon for that entirety of that San Francisco game, I still think they win that football game. You lose one of those guys, it could really change things. And those kind of things go hand-in-hand with running backs, offensive line, tight ends. So there's a lot of question marks on this offense, and I'm really intrigued to see what they can turn out to be because they're going to need to try and win a Super Bowl in these next couple of seasons. And that defense is Super Bowl caliber. I'm hoping that Aaron Rodgers alone can make that offense Super Bowl caliber because outside of that, I I just don't know. Going back to Alan Lazard briefly, Medicine Man tweets at 12.50 a.m. The fan, Lazard is a Hall of Fame talent. Lazard? Well, Aaron certainly thought so earlier today. Well, he's and Medicine Man says this now as well. Hall of Fame talent that needs to be signed long term. His blocking ability as a receiver is generational. His ability to be schemed open and find holes in the zone is next level. He is the alpha and clear omega number one ride receiver for the green and gold. Lots of hyperbole from Medicine Man. Yeah, um... I'm going to be out on Alan Lazard, and I have been, and I'm going to stay there. So uh, I know generally people are going to disagree with me, but generational blocker at wide receiver doesn't do anything for me. I don't think about Jerry Rice and think generational blocker. I don't think about Michael Irvin and hear generational blocker. I want a generational catcher of the football, a generational route runner. I don't need generational blocker unless you're playing tight end for me, so I'll pass. Never miss a moment from the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download Sparky's Midday Madness and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. So make sure you get that free Odyssey app today. We're going to take a quick break. More coming up on Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The fan 1250 AM. The fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. You heard from coach Matt LaFleur. Good to hear those guys again. Packers training camp gets underway today. Good to hear those fake media laughs. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Matt. (laughs) Can I get that one-on-one interview, please? Yeah, all the great stuff that you just love to hear. What's coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show today, Sam? Today, to start off the show, before we get, we're going to do some Knights Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery early because obviously we got Brewers post game coming up. Um, but obviously, we will be doing, um, by the way, Knights Gourmet Popcorn, going to be at German Fest. Oh, check that out. So check it out. 
Um, but to start off the show, obviously the hot topic from Packers training camp today, you heard from Gutekinds and Matt LaFleur, and you'll hear, you'll hear their comments too in a couple minutes as well. But, Toby, I ask you, how confident are you in David Bakhtiari being ready for week one? Oh, no confidence at all. Zero. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the unfortunate well, consensus I asked answer. This, I asked this to, uh, I think, Tim Shea the other day. 17-game season, eight and a half games is half of it. Over, under, eight and a half games played this year for David Bakhtiari. Oh, man. See, this is why when yesterday I asked you what concerns you more, the the wide receivers, the offensive line, this is why I'm more concerned about the offensive I'm line. I'm still more concerned about the receivers, but Willie Adamas... Wait, what are we talking about, Bruce? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, sack we're talking fly. Packers. Sack fly. For a second right. there, for a second there, the bases are juiced here in the fourth inning, right. and it looked like for a second, I didn't see any outfielders moving, so I thought it was gone, but it was not. It was I was looking at my fly. screen, and all of a sudden, you throw me off. We're talking sorry. Packers. You're like, and Willie Adamas. I'm like, what? Yeah, sorry. Just checking out the game uh, here. But no, I mean, when we, what I was talking about yesterday, I don't think there's a wrong answer. If you say wide receivers, if you say offensive line, I, I think you'd be surprised when you look at some of the comments on Twitter yesterday, like. Three, the poll resulted in wide receivers by only like 7%, but the comments were majority offensive line. Yeah. And I think when you think about the like recent playoff exits by the Green Bay Packers, the fact that when it, Bakhtiari initially tore his ACL, they put Billy Turner at left tackle, and then that obviously yeah. you know put an impact on the game. You had Rick Wagner at right tackle. Yeah, and the then fiasco it, you had last year as yeah. well. Once so. again, Billy Turner at left tackle and Dennis Kelly at left tackle. So I like the guys that the Packers have on offensive line, but my concern is if we're waiting for Bakhtiari to get back and Elton Jenkins to get back, I, I just worry if like one of those guys goes down, then that might kind of yeah. make me really start I mean, to that panic. is true. That is true. Right. What else you got coming up? Um, at 345, we will also talk about Packers training camp with Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. want to get his thoughts on that. Christian Watson bunch of stuff that we got to talk to you about with Pete Doherty. And then afterwards, make sure to stay tuned to the fan. After the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, you guys get a chance to win, once again, four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. So we'll also be talking about the Bucks New Jerseys. I don't know if you saw those. You like those. them? Okay, so when you remember the green ones that they had yeah. of that version? I don't. I like the green ones. I no, don't think I like the black I don't, version. I didn't like the green ones. Oh, so you like the black version more? I, I like the black version, but I, I like wish, the green version more. I liked in the green ones how the lettering and everything was cream yeah I, I wish the black ones would have been black and cream but i will say this i like the black jerseys that they ha- that they're coming out with now which is basically that green version of the mm-hmm. the antlers and everything on the, on the sides but in a black and white version but i like that they're phasing out that uh <laughs> you didn't like that one i didn't no, mind those the one with the buck with the deer logo on the front of it i'm sorry yeah just... me and tim shea saw that earlier today we didn't like the new unis i like it better than what they had before so yeah. that's why i love i love like I remember working with uh, Mayor Mitch Ross one time, and he's like, "Who cares about jerseys? It's just laundry. Like it's just jer- nah, dude. I love jerseys. Jerseys are great, man. Yeah, I love debating jerseys. I'm always down to debate jerseys. That's my forte. I love talking unis. That's all. I could probably talk more about. No, I can't. I can't say I would talk more about that than the actual team, but I love talking jerseys. So that'll be fun talk. Make sure to keep it tuned here to 12:50 a.m. The fan. Don't change the dial. Sam Schmitz. Comes up next here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.